0: Where we're here to unwrap round twelve of the AFL season and what it means for your Supercoach team. My name is Will, and I'm joined by Jasper and Matt today. And boys, how did we score in the first of the buy rounds?
1: Yeah, not too badly. In about oh, mid to high nineteen hundreds, I believe I scored, and I think we all kind of around the same mark. I think Matt got us again. Will, um, he's, he's putting a good run of form together in the middle, in the middle part of the season right now, um, which I'm not too, which I'm not too happy about. But uh, yeah, not too badly. Uh, considering I had quite a few primos on my bench in, in the buy rounds, um, I'll, I'll take the score.
2: Yeah, it was a it was an interesting round where most people um, weren't punished by the buys. The best 18 seemed to work for most people. So, you know, 1,900 was was a pretty average score for sort of the top ten to 15,000 uh, players. There, there wasn't much rank movement on my um, 1,900 and... 40 score I think it was in the end um, so I only went up a couple of hundred places but we're still moving up which is nice and I think it's the next two weeks that are going to be really interesting and um, really important for coaches and how they attack them because obviously there's that game that's been moved which we'll talk about I'm sure in a bit of depth and a bit of detail and, and obviously Supercoach has gifted us a couple of extra trades so there's going to be a few different types of strategies approaching how we use those trades and, and how we sort of round out our teams going forward just
0: realized i've actually beaten both of you this week which is an absolute first so i, I scored 1985 which I'm, Ooh. which i'm pretty happy with jumped up about three thousand spots so i'll claim that i think I, I think i called that actually on last week's episode i said i'm usually pretty good in the buy rounds but i suck the rest of the year so i'll uh, i'll make the most of it while it's here yes that's right yeah obviously as you said matt a couple of a couple of extra trades in the bank now which is which is handy given the the carnage that we've seen in the last few rounds but um what do you reckon sort of the, the best approach to, to using those two extra trades and the extra trades that we get um, per round for the last two buy rounds now as well?
1: So we get two additional trades. So mine has gone from, um, I think I had 14 remaining to 16. So that's nice. Um, but the the interesting one as well is, is the four trades per buy round for the next two weeks. And it's kind of... Yeah, we, we've seen this Richmond and West Coast fixture get moved and and there's a lot of Tigers players who are around the mark for super coaches, and who Supercoach players have been bringing in recently. Dusty, Shea Bolton, um, a lot of players started with Jaden Short and, and RCD, of course. And then um, also Callum Coleman-Jones has is, is been fantastic and is on the bubble this week. So there are a lot of relevant Richmond players, not so much Eagles players. But um, it's thrown a huge span in the works for, for guys like me who, who have Shea and, and Dusty in their forward line and a couple others. Um, so that's become an issue. But it's good that we've got an extra trade to use each week um, because right now I, I think I have about 15 players playing in, in round 14 with um, that buy change. And whereas I did have about 19. So um, it's not ideal. Uh, for me, but at least they've they've done something about it to to even out the playing field a bit.
2: Yeah, it's a, a a topic of contention, I guess, in the supercoach community, where people who were aggressive with their trades have been rewarded with a couple of extra ones, whether that's through, you know, being aggressive because they want to upgrade quickly, or just through necessity and injury. Um, but people who have stashed the extra trades and and been quite mindful with how quickly they've used them. Um, aren't too happy that that people like myself and, and like Jasper have, have burnt through some trades pretty early on just to correct a few mistakes and, and to fix up some injuries. So um, at the end of the day, it's, it's I think a uh, necessary move from, from the, the boys at Supercoach. It's not an easy job, especially yeah. um, through the um, COVID-19 pandemic. We obviously saw last year, uh, a lot of changes to, to how the, the game was structured and, and that's unfortunately flowing on to this year. So uh, I think it's just a case of adapting to it and, and using those extra trades when you want. Um, for myself, I'm only going to be using the three trades this week. Um, and then next week, I, uh, depending on how many of my rookies are named, I might have to use all four, but um, we'll see how we go. Hopefully it's only another three trades and I can bank those extra two that they gave me for... For later down the later down the track, when I need to make some injury changes um, late in the season, because
1: I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm probably the same because I currently have about well, I think I had 23 players if you include Brody Grundy that, that were eligible to play this week were went on their buy. So I'm more looking at trading out round 14 buys instead of the round 13 buys this week. Uh, which is a fickle game because you don't know if the players you're bringing in are going to be playing in round 14, obviously, especially with rookies. Um, if you're jumping the gun on on the bubble and, and need to get ahead of that because you've already brought in a, a Bianco or a, or a Coleman-Jones who do have that round 14 buy. Um, so so guys like Ned Reeves and and the like are really important to bring in now, um, but there's no guarantees that they're going to be playing in round 14. So it is a bit of a gamble, um, but... But they're the, they're the must bring in uh, definitely Ned Reeves this, this week. Um, a couple other ones we'll get into a bit later when we talk about that. But um, yeah, it's important to still keep, be mindful about how many trades you're using because if you go ahead and use eight trades in the next two weeks, um, you're going to be in the same position that you were in if you're struggling with the amount of trades you had left over um, last week. So, so it's important to keep mindful of that um, heading into the, the later stages of the season. And uh, we'll
0: go just into now that we're out of the buy rounds. Um, it's not as much hassle as last week, thinking if we needed to make emergency trades because obviously those first few teams have had their, uh, their first buy or their buy, I should say. But um, Matt, who, who are your top trade options from, um, from the teams that had the buy in round 12?
2: Well, there's going to be a couple in the forward line from North Melbourne, which if you don't have Jack Zebel or Aaron Hall, they are probably two that will get looked at quite heavily, I'd, I'd say, but there's one bloke who's flying a bit under the radar who I almost started the year with. And the only reason I didn't was because he wasn't named round one. Um, and that's Ben Cunnington, who's having an absolutely rip snorter of the last uh, three rounds. He's averaging over 130 over his last three. He's absolutely killing it. Um, contested inside. He, he seems to be over his back problems and he's scoring really well. Obviously, North Melbourne aren't a great team and, and there's... Um, <laughs> I guess not much range for for points to be spread out, so it it is quite good to see him and obviously Zebel scoring well. Um, a couple of the elder statesmen of of North Melbourne Football Club, but um, he's one that I'm I'm sort of looking at. I I don't know if I'm completely convinced by him. Um, obviously, Tuke Mill is a, an urban premium who's been scoring really well as well, averaging over 130 over his last three. And Josh Kelly is is finally getting those CBAs that we desperately wanted from him. So he's a little bit underpriced at 560K, another really good option there who's just come off his buy. So there's definitely options. Um, I don't think there's a lot of options. I think there's four or five good good plays that you can look at bringing in and and getting a genuine upgrade. But um, I think next week's probably the bigger upgrade week of the two.
1: Yeah, um, I think these round 12 primos are going to become really important over the next two weeks when we're not too sure about a lot of rookies. Um, a lot of them don't have job security still. It's been a really tough year in terms of rookies in Supercoach. So I think these primos are going to be really important. If you have stashed a bit of cash, um, which which was important heading into the buy rounds, then you're going to be using it this week, I'd recommend. Um, and the one I'm looking at the most, uh, you mentioned Josh Kelly. Uh, his teammate, Lockie Whitfield, he's come back from his his liver injury um, and hasn't scored. didn't score too well the first few weeks, but in the last two weeks before the buy, he went 110 and then 120. Um, he's got that, he's got that wing role, that wing halfback role. And he's looking really good now. Um, he's finally found his groove. He's, he's wanting the ball. He's demanding the ball, um, using the ball really well. Uh, and then he, he comes up against a couple really good sides to score against in the first few rounds after his bye. So they've got North Melbourne first up, then he then he plays Carlton and then he plays Hawthorne. So these are you know three bottom six, bottom eight sides that he's coming up against in the first three rounds after his buy um, that you can be bringing in right now. I think Lockie Whitfield's the one for me that I'll be targeting at just five hundred k.
0: So obviously a bit more flexibility this week with with trades as well for for super coaches um, needing to make some, but one maybe frustration um, coming out of this week is Dane Zorko um, from the Lions. He's um, got the buy in round 13, um, but he's also copped a one week suspension for, for a strike on, um, on in that game on Friday night. Um, yeah, against Matt. Trump. Yes, that's right. That's the one um, Matt. If you are a Zorko owner, um, what's your, what's your plan um, to, to, to get around this suspension and the, the two weeks that Zorko is going to miss.
2: Well, you, you've got to keep him. It's sort of like what we talked about with Brody Grundy last week, how um, missing during lies is actually a good time to miss games just because um, it's a best 18. Now it's only one week technically that he's missing. He's only missing one game. Um, so in normal weeks of supercoach when it was, when every team was playing, you wouldn't trade out someone who had a one week suspension, um, so, I don't see why we'd be doing it here. I think it's just because um, some people would look at it because he's technically missing two weeks, and that round 14 buy has become um, a whole lot more difficult than we in, initially anticipated. Um, just a week ago, we were talking about how the th- round 13 buy was the uh, was the difficult one, and now we're talking about the round 14 buy, and it's completely changed in, on its head. So, Zorko is definitely one that you got to hold on to. He's, he's a top scoring uh, forward. He's pushing top scoring midfielder at the moment um, in recent weeks as well. So there's just so much flexibility that you can use with him. I'd just be holding him, swapping him from, from four to mid depending on your structure um, and keeping him on the bench, trying to allow as many players on field as possible. Um, it's frustrating. Um, he is giving away a lot of free kicks. He's conceded the most free kicks in the competition, which is really annoying for for owners because it's, uh, I think it's minus six points every time he gives away a free kick. So just imagine what he'd be scoring if he wasn't the leading free kick against player in the comp. So um, definitely, definitely a hold for me. He's, he's too valuable a selection um, in your forward line, especially. So um, yeah, it's just a case of finding blokes who who have the round, who have had the round 12 by and, and also will have around 13 by next week about just to fill the void while he's gone and, and while he's on the bench. He's
1: actually been a, a savior for coaches this year, um, considering the Primo Ford crisis that we've been going through. His scores, since uh, a lot of players like Ron Marshall and Shea Bolton and and the like have gone down and Toby Green, etc., uh, over his last four has been unbelievable 140, 117, 162, 122. You're not trading that out of your side, especially since he's not got an injury, which he has in the past. Um, so he's not going to miss a game through injury, which which makes you think about how he's going to perform when he comes back. Uh, it's just through suspension. It's just through being Dane Zorko and being an idiot. Um, so he, he'll be all right. It's a shame that he misses the game against North Melbourne because he obviously would have scored really well in that one. And it's a shame that the West Coast and Richmond game got pushed back a week because he would have been really handy in that round 14 bye as well. Um, but for coaches, you've got to hold on to him. Um, because he, he has been scoring so well and he'll be a top six forward again this year. Um, and he's just that good at, one, at 600K. Uh, I'll mention a couple freeo players as well. Um, Sean Darcy, if anyone went from Brody Grundy to Sean Darcy last week, that is so unlucky. Like, Firstly, wasn't a great move. But, but secondly, that is so unlucky because he was having an unbelievable game again on Sunday afternoon. Um, but uh, that, that knee injury doesn't look great. I'm not even sure. Was it a knee injury or a a lower hamstring? He had ice on his lower hamstring, I think, but it looks like it might have been a knee. Um, We're not too sure on that diagnosis yet, uh, but it didn't look great. Uh, They've got the buy-in round 14. Then Nat Fife as well dislocated his shoulder. He's had a reconstruction on that shoulder before, so that's going to be a wait and see as well. Hopefully there's news out of the club soon about that one, Um, but I'm not... Um, I don't think it's going to be great news about Nat Fife either. So if you have him as a pod in the midfield, um, he hasn't been amazing, but he's been really, he's been really solid at times. Um, so that's unfortunate as well. These are probably going to be, end up being two must trades, I think. I think you're pretty harsh on Sean Darcy. He's averaging
2: 107 on the year. He's la- four of his last five have been above 112.
1: Well, I didn't. I didn't um, say it was
2: bad. When did I say it was bad? You said it was a bad move
1: going Brody Grundy to him. In hindsight, yeah, I mean, yeah, just because, because you could, just because you should have been holding Brody Grundy. I don't know. It sounds like you're ripping on him. <laughs> you, you went I'm into the, the pod last week, and and for about half an hour straight, I couldn't get the microphone off you because you were explaining why you had to hold Brody Grundy, and it's important during the buy rounds. And then it's you just referenced it with Dane Zorko Then, mate. <laughs> No,
2: but you the way it was sounding was you ripping on Sean Darcy because he wasn't a good selection when he's, I think he's the third or the fourth top-scoring Ruckman in the comp. Oh,
1: Foz, you got to be reading my um Supercoach trade options article each week. I've got Sean Darcy in there basically every week. I don't know about that, mate. You link him to me and I'll read him. <laughs> all right, all right.
0: Follow us on Twitter.
2: <laughs> what a plug.
0: We'll move on um, now to the rookies that are on the bubble this week. And there's three sort of... Um, standout options this week. Um, one's had the buy already, and that's Ned Reeves from Hawthorne. Um, and there's also Trent Bianco and Callum Coleman Jones, who have both got that round 14 buy um, as well. Um, and that's a bit of a tricky situation, especially since they've both been pretty good um, in their first couple of games. Bianco averaging 79 from his two, and Coleman Jones has put up a couple, of, a couple of nice scores as well. But um, Jasper, I'll throw to you quickly. What are your how would you approach that if, you, if you're wanting to bring those two in on the bubble, uh, if you don't have them yet?
1: Well, it's a tricky situation because firstly, you got to make sure you've got the trades to be able to do it um, this week. But but most importantly, you need to make sure that you've got about 20 players playing in round 14 by the time you've made your trades for this round and next round. Um, and that's harder said than done, considering a lot of rookies don't have great job security. Um, so, that's first and foremost. You need to make sure that you have enough players playing next week, um, in round fourteen, uh, to make sure that the dud scores, like if you copper Harrison Jones seventeen again, they get cancelled out and they they're not in your best eighteen scores. That's that's most important because you need to be making point. You need to be scoring points more than you need to be generating cash right now. Um, what I think about them is that they're both fantastic options and their job security is superb for the next month at least. Um, so if you can afford to bring them in and, and you ch- tick tick off both um, both of those kind of criteria that I mentioned, then a hundred percent, you should be bringing them in. Ned Reeves is probably a must have, as I mentioned before. Um, I think he will make 150 K by around 16 as our slab bet uh, predicts Matt and and also, I'll, I'll add in Max Holmes if he gets another gig. Uh, he's been pretty good for the Cats in his in his couple of games. I think um, he, he offers a bit of outside run and a, a youthful exuberance that they don't really have with their old legs down at the cattery. And I think Chris Scott quite likes him. Um, he's, he's pretty raw still, but I, I think he've done, he's done some really good stuff at AFL level. Uh, Claverino is the other one. Um, he's... <laughs> He doesn't have great job security. He has that round fourteen bye, obviously. Um, so I probably wouldn't go him, but he's also another option that you can consider who is on the bubble this week. I'll just quickly mention a few boys who could be playing games soon from the midseason draft. Uh, there's an article up on the inner sanctum about these the top ten prospects out of the midseason draft for super coaches this year in 2021. Um, so check that one out as well. Uh, but yeah, my top three this year, who I think will will play at some stage and hopefully soon, uh, number one is going to be John Newcomb, the Hawks boy out of Box Hill. 23 touches a game in the VFL, which was equating to about 111 super coach points per contest. Inside midfielder, um, tackles hard, uh, a lot of contested ball, doesn't shirk a contest, but in a similar kind of style to Tuuk Miller. He can get on the outside. Um, he's really damaging with the, with this disposal. And then he also kicks goals as well. He's kicked out six goals in his in his few contests in the VFL. Um, so he's got, he's got some impressive speed and some impressive endurance. Um, and, and I like him. I think the Hawks should be playing him this week. Just off their buy would be unbelievable for super coaches as well. I think his job security would be pretty good when he does come into the side. He's still a youngster. Um, but it remains to be seen if, if Clarko will just gift him a game Straight away, um, so so that's a wait and see. Connor West is another one for the West Coast Eagles. Um, he's he's been a waffle stud for a long time, and he has a great mullet. You'll probably play on a on a wing or maybe in the middle um, for the for the Eagles. He's averaging twenty seven touches a game. He laid twelve tackles a couple of weeks ago for for West Perth. and waffle uh, and Adam Simpson has talked him up as an inside midfielder before. When he got drafted, he he mentioned that a couple times, and that they're looking for an extra few bottle, bodies in there. He had a big game for West Coast on the weekend, um, in in their reserves, um, and you still got Luke Shuey and Liam Duggan the like sidelined, uh, and Tim Kelly. So I think he should get a game soon. Hopefully it's this week. We'll see. It was a wait and see on that one, and then Jackson Callow is the third one. He won't score too well as a forward. These are all 102k guys because um, they haven't played AFL before. They're just coming into the system. But Jackson Callow's led the, the sample in contested marking as a 19 year old. Um, the Hawks really like him. And I think he's probably better than most of the key forwards on that list. So he should get game time soon as well.
0: Hopefully, yeah. So a few of those guys soon. It'll be nice, a nice rookie value sort of rolling, rolling out of the buys um, on the other side as well. We'll, we'll roll straight in now as well to, to the trades you guys are looking out for this week. Um, Matt, who are you looking at bringing in um, for round 13?
2: So I'll be going at this stage because of my war chest, two up, one down. Um, so I'm looking at a combination of Josh Kelly, Tom Hawkins, and Callum Coleman-Jones. I'm going to swallow his round 14 by, which is not ideal, but... Um, I think his cash gen is is going to be good, and he's um, going to be filling in for the medium term as Tom Lynch recovers from that knee injury. Um, So yeah, it's it's definitely um, a bit of a risk bringing in around fourteen by player just because of yeah, obviously a bit of a risk with eight teams missing um in that in that round and obviously richmond's one of them so um but i have calculated it i'll I'll expect to have 19 to 21 depending on rookies um getting games um like tanner Bruin for example who i don't trust good luck playing but yeah but he's he's on the list as as just in case so um based on my maths i think bringing calm calm coleman jones is not that bad of a move um But yeah, Josh Kelly, I think is underpriced. And as long as he can hold his body together, I think he's going to be a really good value at 562K. Yeah, so ever since Jeremy Cameron came into the side, Tom Hawkins has been playing really well. And it's obviously being able to bounce off another key forward who takes a bit of pressure off him. So in his first five games without Jeremy Cameron, he only scored above 100 once and scored below 83 times. Ever since uh, Cameron came into the side, He's had four hundreds, including a 126 and a 149 and a 91 as well. His lowest score being a 165. But out of his, yeah, out of that cheeky little run of six games, he's only dipped below the 90 once, um, which is really good, obviously. And he's at 513K. So I, I think he also offers some really good value. And then Cullum Coleman-Jones obviously speaks for himself.
1: So that's my my plan for this week. Ooh, that's some hard-hitting analysis there, Matt. I like it. I like the Hawkins pick. I've got him in a draft league, and he's been superb for me as well over the last few weeks. Um, for me, it's going to be a couple of rookies. I would love to be able to get two up, but I don't think it's going to happen in the end um, because I'm going to finally shift off Paul Hunter, a bit of dead weight on my bench, and he and Ned Reeves is going to come on for the next two weeks in place of Brody Grundy. So that's going to um, give me an extra body on the field, which is nice. Uh, and Ned Reeves has scored really well so far. Hopefully that continues. He, he's going to win his hitouts because he is 211 centimeters. Um, so, you know, that's a positive. You keep his score ticking over and he's, he's getting the majority of center bounces and ruck contests. So that's good. Um, a couple others Riley Collier Dawkins. So I think he's probably going to get dropped. I think he was the worst player on the field on Saturday night. Um, he scored, what, 27 or 29 or something. Uh, and he was just, he was pretty disappointing. And, and the Tigers have got some bodies coming back now. So I think he'll be hard pressed to keep his spot on the side. And if even if he does, um, his, his break even has shot up and he's lost cash this week already. Um, so he might come out for me. And then also James Rowe, I'll finally be moving him on after a few too many weeks in my side. Um, and then it'll end up being either a Took Miller or a Lucky Whitfield who comes in and I'm looking at a couple different basement price rookies who might get a gig and I might jump on them um, a couple of weeks early. So if a giant Newcomb or a Connor West does get a gig, I think I'll consider them, especially Giant Newcomb if he comes in, I think he'll come straight into my side. What about you, Will?
0: Yeah, I think I'll be I'll be doing the opposite of that. So I'll be going two down, one up. Don't know if I can quite afford to go, to go double up. I've got one hundred twenty one thousand in the bank, but um a few of those awkwardly priced sort of mid, mid two hundred k, um sort of fattened the cash cows to move on as well. So, um I got Lockie McNeil with the buy this week, and he was the sub I think last week. So he'll he'll probably get the boot for me as well as James Rowe um, and Sam Berry as well. Um, so I think yeah, both of those guys. Um, oh or, yeah, or at least a few of those guys will go out. Um, looking at bringing Ned Reeves in as well. Um, so I think Matt Flynn. Um, I might shift him, shift him off, and um, and bring yeah, bring Reeves in. But yeah, Coleman Jones as well. Um, looking looking at bringing. him bringing him in and then um as for the sort of the upgrade target i think um i like to look at Duke miller and then a few of those a few of those giants guys as well Um, so yeah a few few things to consider for for me this week but um that's that's my plan at the moment and as always uh, it's time for our favorite segment of the week captain my captain. captain my captain Yes, it's O-Captain, my captain. And we are looking at the best captaincy options for this week. And I'll go straight um, to you, Matt. Who's your captaincy picks this week?
2: We have a couple of our staple options missing, obviously with the Western Bulldogs copying the bye. It makes it that little bit diff- more difficult. Um, Zach Merritt also scored well, but he'll miss with his bye. Um So I'm leaning towards Josh Kelly or Tim Taranto against North Melbourne, probably Josh Kelly, just because he typically has a bigger ceiling. um, And I think that he probably wins a lot more of the ball on the outside. than Tim Taranto will win on the inside. Um, Historically, he hasn't been superb against the kangaroos, but I just think the kangaroos are, are abysmal and, GWS are playing for some pretty good football. Um, Clayton Oliver's the other obvious one. Um, obviously scoring really well recently. He only had a 94, which was a little bit disappointing um, on Friday night, but he's still averaging 145.7 over his last three um, with scores of 137 and 114 against Collingwood in his last two. So they're probably my two. Um, Rory Led's a bit of a smoky for me coming off his 144. Um, obviously coming up against the Saints who haven't traditionally been great at stopping midfielders. Um, Rory Laird's last three against them have been 91 and then two 124s um, of his last three. So I'm probably not leaning towards Rory Laird, but he's just a smoky option that I I don't mind.
1: Yeah. For me, uh, my VC is going to be Jack Steele. He's really done me well over the last couple of weeks. North Melbourne, he had 154. Against Sydney, he had 140 on the weekend. I think he'll go big against Adelaide again. I think that um that combination with Luke Dunstan and Brad Crouch in the midfield has really worked for him. He's playing a little, little bit more on the outside. He's getting forward, he's kicking goals. He's still laying tackles and getting his contested touches, but um, oh, he's just an absolute beast. And then Max on against Collingwood. Um, if we expect, as we expect um, Brodie Grundy not to play, hopefully that um, occurs for Max to to go big. Um because he will be just incredible. Um, But uh, it remains to be seen if Brody Grunty does come back because Buck's kind of alluded he may. He's, he's tracking pretty well.
0: My captain will be Max Gorn. I don't know who my vice captain will be. But that is all the time we have for today on the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. Thanks for joining us again this week. And we are, of course, a product of the Inner Sanctum. You can find us at theinnersanctum.com.au and, of course, follow us on Twitter at SC Sanctum for all the latest updates about the podcast and all your favorite Supercoach content.